What's good, fam? Thanks for joining me, your host, Corey Cabri, on the Living Life on Purpose podcast, where we discuss various topics on how to apply God's principles to your everyday life. I hope you enjoy the discussion. All right, so we are picking up with a different discussion than what we had previously been discussing as far as what we must do in times of difficulty. Uh, Now the Lord is directing me to go into a discussion with a relationship with him. Now I know we probably had discussions about relationships with God, um, but here we are again. That's the thing about things with God, right? You, it's, it's, you're going to repeat it, but it may be things that um, may go deeper than, than what we initially went into. Um, so here we are, about to dis- discuss this relationship with God. And no better way to, to start a relationship with God uh, than Proverbs 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Uh, beginning at verse 1. <clears throat> and it says, Proverbs 3, verse 1, NIV, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, uh, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on your tablet of your, write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God. Amen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And I'm going to stop there. Establishing a relationship with God. When you think about a relationship with a person, it starts with um, first there's this interest. There's this Maybe not equal interest, but it has to start with an interest on somebody's part, whether that's God in you or God being interested in you or or you mutually being interested in God, which typically it is just God being interested in you. And, and like, well, then things start to happen, uh, such as he begins to set up, I guess you could say, roadblocks or roadmaps uh, with how he will with how he will um, place people or things in your way to get you to ask questions about him or in regards to you know your purpose in life and things of that nature like why am I here or whatever and, and however it forms I'm not saying it forms the same way with everybody you know everybody has their own God encounters that they can speak of so can I but however God does it, I'm saying I'm accrediting that initiation to God. I mean, because as Paul said it over in Romans, that, you know, God sought us. We did not seek after God. God wanted us. We, we didn't want God. He wanted us. Um, and then he starts this process of us wanting to get to know who he is as a result of him initiating that encounter. <laughs> And so here you are, you have Proverbs talking about some things. Uh, once you started up that initiation process, I'm interested in God. I'm interested in getting to know God. Um, the relationship starts there, right? It starts with an interest. 
And after you're interested, you're trying to get to know God on another level. Like, okay, God, if you created me, if you made me, then, you know, what am I to do? Right? What am I to do for you? Now, why am I here? What, what, how am I to live for you? Right? And these are also questions that they may conjure up, maybe you may not ask them directly, but they're going to come up in some form. What am I to do for you, Lord? You created me. What am I to do for you? Why, in other words, did you create me? And then here you had a proverb, the writer of the Proverbs, which is Solomon, the King Solomon. And, and I love just how he starts it out. Verse 1, he said, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life in many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Right. Like Solomon is leaving a, a, a note to his son to keep the commands and teachings. Well, what was he teaching? Well, he was teaching just what he was dis, dis, just what he was discussing from three down, right? Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Don't do anything without faith and love, right? Write them on the tablet of your heart. Keep faith and love in your heart. Uh, then you will win favor. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Right? But see, you can't just stop there when you say let love and faithfulness never leave you. Because, well, who are you loving? And who is your faithfulness to? Right? So it starts somewhere. That 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 process has to start somewhere. Who are you loving? Who are you being faithful to? Well, let's look at five. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. and Lean not on your own understanding. That love and that faithfulness is to God. That's what starts. It starts there. And this is the beautiful part about it. Like, he's telling you all of these things you should do before he gets to that part. Which that part is really the initiation of everything uh, leading up to that part. It's like, well, what do you mean? Like, so five should have should have been one. He gave you a set of things to do. Follow his commands. Uh, he told you to. to he, he said, if you follow the commands that he's taught them, uh, they will prolong his life. You will you will definitely have a prolonged life. It will bring you peace, and you'll be in prosperity. Uh, he says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Without five, without verse five, you won't get to one through four. You won't get there. You have to trust in the Lord. That That is uh, the biggest process of your relationship with God. Right? You have to trust in God. That is to say what? That is to say you believe in God, right? We skip that process. We skip the believing part. You got to believe in God. And that, because the trusting and the believing is also, they're not the same, but you can't have one without the other. Because if you don't believe in God, you're, like, you're not going to trust God, right? And you can't say you trust God if you don't believe in God. And you can't say you believe in God and don't not trust God. So it's like, they're not the same, but you can't have one without the other. But what I'm getting at is this. In order for me to do these things, in order for me to follow this command and teach it, because this is what Solomon was commanding and teaching. 
to trust God with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. This is his teaching, right? It's just amazing how he led up to this part. But this is the teaching. Trust God and lean not on your own understanding. Don't do you. No, no, don't do you. Do God. Don't, 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 don't do you. Everything you think it is, this is what I should do. No. What is God wanting you to do? Don't do you. Do God. Do God. Don't do your understanding. Do God's understanding. Don't do your way. Do God's way. Don't do your love. Don't do your faithfulness. Do God's love. Do God's faithfulness. Trust in God. Lean not to your own understanding. And, and, and verse 6 is, is another layer. We're not going to go there. We're going to start there over next week. But, but 5, to get before we get to 6, is trusting God. Because if you don't trust God, you're not going to do God. In other words, you're not going to do it the godly way. You're not. But let's talk about that trust, though. What does that mean, brother? Trusting in God. Trusting in God. What does that mean? I was sitting there pondering it. And we've talked about trusting God on so many different occasions. And then I just thought about it the other day. I'm like, man, Lord, what does that mean? God says, surrendering your all to me. Surrendering your all to me. Everything. Surrendering it to me. Everything that, that's making you do everything you think you should do, surrender it. Nah, like, what do you mean? Like, whatever is the, the influence you have over your life to do anything you choose to do, surrender that to God. Give it to him. Give it to him. I'm going to trust you with everything that I am, everything I want to be. I'm going to trust and trust it to you, God. And this is the kicker. He gave it to you. <laughs> but he allows you to give it back to him. He allows you to. Why? Because, well, so that, you know, I'm going around in circles. So that what? So that I will have a prolonged life. And I will have peace and prosperity in God. That doesn't mean I'm going to be rich. No, that doesn't mean that. It just means I'm going to be prosperous. In what? I can be prosperous in very many ways. I can have a long life in very many ways. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to live here for a long time. But I will have a long life. I will have a long life. I will have peace. I will have prosperity. I will be prosper. I will be prosperous towards God. That's all it is. I will be. I will have many, long life in God. I will have peace in God, and I will have prosperity in God. And it could mean physical things, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. But what it means is, all of this is in God. I'm keeping God's commands to have a prosperous, peaceful life in God. What does that mean? It just means that relationship with God won't be deterred. That's really what it means. It won't ever be, it, I won't ever be dissatisfied with it. My contentment with the relationship will continue to go. It will continue to move forward. As long as I'm trusting and trusting God and trusting everything that I am and everything that I, that I do to God, the relationship would never sever. 
If I keep doing that, it won't sever, in other words. Nothing can sever it. No circumstance, no person, no influence can sever it. Why? Because I trust God. Well, why would I trust God? Well, number one, because he's God, right? I would trust God because he's God. God is God. That's why I'm going to trust God. He created me. It's just simple. He created me. I'm going to trust God because he created me. It's like a parent, right? You trust your parents because they're your parents. It's not because you know them to have so much money or, you know, you, they're your parents. So you, it's like a natural thing, a natural inclination that your parents want what's best for you. That's how it starts out when you're little. Your parent wants what's best for you. They're feeding you. <laughs> They're clothing you. You know, they provide a shelter for you. You know, like you, you, you under their roof, you're under their care. They protect you when you're out in public. No, 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 don't do that. Don't go there here. No, don't touch that. That's going to burn you. No, no, they're taking care of you. So it's a natural inclination to trust them, to, to, to trust that they have your best interest. They have your best interest. Natural inclination. I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust. I'm going to entrust and I'm going to trust. And you grow up with that. And you grow up trusting and entrusting. And as you get older, if that relationship is properly created and established between you and your parents, you're going to continue to entrust and trust in them as you get older. You're going to continue to rely on their direction as you get older. It won't just be a thing of respect. It will be actual, man, I'm going to go to my parents and ask them about this. Because I know they have my best interest. It looks no different with God. It looks no different with God. You trust and entrust yourself, your decision making, everything to God. Because you know, as believing in God, that God has your best interest in mind. He has your best interest in mind. He's protecting you. He's caring for you. He's provided shelter for you. He's provided uh, well-being for you. He's provided a way for you to do things that he created you to do on the earth. He provided a way for you to do those things. The very thing that he created you to think, created you for. He created you for a specific reason. And he's provided you a means to get those things done. I heard Dr. Miles Monroe say, God created you to succeed. It's just like... And, and he compared it to a product, and he called it the, the iPhone. He compared it to the iPhone. He said, Apple, when they created the iPhone, um, what's his name, Steve Jobs, he came up with the technology for the iPhone. He came up with the technology, and he put the product out there because it was successful, meaning it was successfully created. And what he had set out for it, and what he set out, meaning what Steve Jobs set out for that phone to do, it did it. It enabled people to call wirelessly, remotely. It enabled people to be on the Internet remotely. It gave them a voice command, a, a voice recognition command. It gave them access to, to, to log in and dial into that phone via password. It gave them all types of able abilities to put apps on it. He wanted all of these things to function within this iPhone. And, and after he put it on the market, it wasn't until... He learned or realized it was a success. And that was when he put it on the market for sale. After it was a success. Okay, it's time to be used. And that's what God is saying. God is not going to put you out if you're not going to be a success. And the only reason he's putting you out is because you have become a success. 
Meaning what it is that he created you to do, you're going to do it. So he's setting you out. And these are things you've got to keep in mind. God knows that I'm going to succeed in what he wants me to do. And if there's something he wants you to do, he's going to put that in you to do it. I've got to trust him, though. I've got to entrust it into him to lead and guide me into that very thing. Now I've got a story. I always have a story. I mean, I've done this, brother. I've done this so long. It is always the same way. I'll start out with a with a dialogue and and some diatribe and, and some introductions, and then I'll have a story. And the story I have today is Abraham. Uh, Genesis 22. God promised Abraham a son. He told Abraham many things. He gave him many promises, and one of the promises that he gave him was a son. It was I'm going to bless your seed. You're going to be a father of many nations. You're going to be a father of many nations. And Abraham had two sons. But it wasn't the first son that he wanted to bless him through. Even though he blessed his son, the first one, he did bless him. He made him a great nation as well. But it was Isaac whom he wanted to give a promise to that he had in mind for a, a people. He had a certain way of living for a certain group through Abraham and it was through Isaac. I want to make y'all my people. I want to establish a relationship with you Abraham and your seed through your seed Isaac. I'm establishing a relationship with y'all. A, a, a binding covenant that y'all are my people. Right? It wasn't that his first sons wasn't his people but there was a certain way of living that he wanted to establish through Isaac. It was a certain way of living. Right? With that being said, it brings me to 22. Because the promise had been fulfilled. Isaac was born. Isaac was living. Isaac was growing. The promise was being fulfilled. Isaac hadn't had babies yet. He was too young. But he was on his way. Right? Abraham was well on his way to seeing this promise fulfilled. That this seed that God blessed me with in my old age was going to be gonna be gonna produce more seeds and I was going to become a father of many nations. God created Abraham for this very thing. Abraham was successful in doing it. He produced the seed. Bam, it was living. And then God did a funny thing in this moment with Abraham. Genesis 22 verse 1. God says sometime later, this is the writer, the writer says sometime later God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am. Abraham replied, and then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Now, I've talked about this. Brother, you know I've talked about this. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> Abraham was 75 when God promised him this. He had to wait 25 years to see it. 20, 20, 25. Now, this, this, Abraham was 75 when God said, hey, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. He, he had to wait 25 years to finally see that. See himself become the father of a seed that he was going to be a father of many nations upon. Yeah, yeah, 25 years. And then, and then hold on. God said, hold up. I want you to take Isaac, your only son whom you love, 
Yeah, I want you to take him to this mountain. We're we gonna see. We're gonna kill him. I, I want him to come be with me. What? Wait. Now, what we talk about here? <laughs> trusting, trusting God. Wait, what? No. Uh, now, this is me and my humanism, right? Because because the notice where I, this is where you gotta gotta get this. Notice where we started. What was trusted? Surrendering your all. Then where do we go from there? We went to God created you to be successful. God is going to make you. He met, you're the product that he wanted. And he said you're going to succeed because he established you to succeed because he put you here. You're here. So what he wants you to do, you're going to do it. And Abraham did it. But now God is saying, no, we're going we're gonna to take this. We're going to take the succession from you. We're going to sacrifice it. Yeah, that's what we've got to do. And then, then you asking me, Corey, br brother, wait, that don't sound like that don't sound like a good start to a relationship with God. <laughs> that don't sound like a good start to a relationship with God. Well, God said, He said He gonna give me something, then He gonna He gonna take it from me. Wait, wait, that don't that don't sound right. I, I, mm, I don't know how to. I don't know how to deal with that. And 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 that's where we put a we put a pause because we don't. That part right there, we do not know how to deal with God giving us something and then taking it. Whenever it's done, that's what He does. Okay, it's complete. I'm done. I need it back. All right, it's coming back to me. You don't have it forever. It comes back. The succession. Is passed on to something else, or is given to something else, or someone else. Right? Your time is complete, or whatever he wanted you to do is complete, and then you leave. There's always a succession. There's always a a completion of the the the, the thing, whatever he put, gave you. There's always a shelf life. In other words, there's always a shelf life. But we don't want that. We don't want that to be a shelf life. But iPhones, there's a shelf life. They only put that product out there for so long. They only created it to succeed for so long. I have an iPhone 6, and I've been using this thing for four years, and people, are, they, they marveled that. I'm pretty sure if I would have called Apple and tell them, hey, man, this thing's still working, they would probably be surprised too. But they would probably say something like, oh, well, you know, if you don't do this and don't do that, if you keep doing this and keep doing that, you have the ability to, you know, your phone will probably prolong its life based on this. Based on what? Based on you following the commands and the, the, the way that I, we actually, you know, designed the phone to be used. If you follow that, the instructions of how we designed it to be used, it has the potential to, you know, produce a lot longer than what we initially said it would if you don't. Like there is a minimum shelf life. It will go beyond that minimum shelf life if you treat it the way we had installed it, if the way we had created it, the way we created it to be treated. If you treat it that way, following the instructions and the commands that we given to you, we gave to you, it has potential to live longer. That's what Solomon was talking about, right? If you follow the commands of God, you have the potential to live longer. Sounds like a catch-22. So you trying to trick me. So you saying, I got to let this go. I got to take my son up here to sacrifice him so that I can live. Well, I don't want to live. I wanted my son to live. But if you're not obeying God in all, how your seed going to prosper? They're going to do what you do.
I have to trust God in all. What are we talking about? Surrender. We talk about trusting. You have to surrender your all. That's everything. In order for you to trust God, you got to surrender your all. It's no doubting. There's no second guessing God. If God says for you to do something, that's all you can do is do it. I can't not do something. God created me. He created me to be successful. In order for me to be successful, I got to follow his commands. And if I'm not trusting him, I'm not going to follow his commands. Here's Abraham. Let's go back. He's following God's commands. Why? Because he trusts God. Early the next morning, verse 3, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he, cut, when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey. While I and the boy go over there, we will worship, and then we will come back to you. That's key. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Why did he say that? Because he trusted God. Wait, but he just, I just said he was going to sacrifice him. Yes, God did say that, but God also said, I'm going to bless you through your seed. Isaac, not Ishmael, Isaac. So that meant... After I kill him, he's still going to come back to me some kind of way. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know he's coming back with me after I stab him and burn him up. He's coming back. He's coming back. It's like, wait, what? Yes, that's why he had wood because that's what they do. They cook it. They kill it, and then they cook it. And then typically sometimes they eat it, but I don't think God wanted him to eat his son at this point, right? But in, in, in any case, this is what happens to the sacrifice. And so he was going to burn him up. And then after he burned him up, this is Abraham's mind. This is me and my humanism. I'm putting myself in Abraham's mind. Okay, because I trust God in all. I trust him with my children. I can send them out. And I trust them. If God says, okay, it's time to send them out, I got to let them go. I got to let it go. There's a succession. There's a completion. He's not going to put him out there if it's not going to be successful. And that's, that's critical within children and whomever to not go out before it's time. You, the children got to trust God that if they need a little bit more teaching to stay under their parents' wing, you got to stay under your parents' wing just for a little bit more teaching. Or in anything, in your ministry, a little bit more teaching, a little bit more learning. Like, why haven't we gone to the masses and to the world, and why is my ministry not reaching millions of people? Well, because you got to use a little bit more teaching. It's not time yet. You're not going to be successful if you try to reach that many people currently. It's not going to be a success. And what's the succession? What is the successful part? Well, if, if it's doing what God is wanting it to do, that's the successful part. If it isn't, then there's, not, there's nothing successful about it. You could be talking to millions of people and there's no success if you're not doing what God is wanting you to do. You're just babbling. You're just going about vainly. It's not, it's not what God is wanting and that's why you got to maintain that interaction with God. you got to continue to surrender your all to God to know what God is wanting you to do. Right? And so, so, so Abraham was trusting. I'm going to follow the commands. i got to follow the commands. So, so I got my burn off and I'm telling my servants, hey, we, me and the lab, we're going to go up and worship and we're coming back. We're coming back, dog. <laughs> we're coming back. Abraham took the wood. This is verse 6. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering. And placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. 
As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father. This is Isaac talking, Father. Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb <laughs> for the burnt offering? The boy is getting curious. Like, wait. Um, I've been with you on some sacrifices. We've done this before. This is not my first time, Dad. This is, this is, this is not the first one. He's getting a little anxious. What, what are we killing? <laughs> not knowing he was the sacrifice. Can you imagine that? I'm the What? Couldn't tell him that. There's some things, and I'm just about a lesson for fathers and sons, obviously, but it is in some senses, right? Some things you can't tell your children. There's just some things you can't tell them. Some things you just can't tell them. You got to keep that from them. They just have to trust you. In some cases, and parents notice, I'm not a parent, but you, some cases the child just has to trust. But the parent has to, to, to have that relationship with the child so that they will trust they got to establish that. Just what God is doing with Abraham. I'm establishing something with Abraham. This is beautiful. God was establishing this with Abraham. There are things you just have to trust God on, whether you know what's going to happen or not. God didn't tell Abraham everything. He didn't. He didn't tell him he had a ram in a bush waiting. No, he didn't tell him that because he wanted him to trust him through it all. This is beautiful. He wanted to trust him in all. He wanted him to surrender his all to him. And here's Abraham learning. I'm surrendering, Lord. I'm surrendering. Oh, this is my boy, but I got to trust you. I know. I know he's yours before he's mine. I'm yours. So I know my son's yours, too. And this is Abraham continuing on. Yes, my son. Yes, my son. Verse 7. Yes, my son. Abraham replied, the fire and the wood are here, I said. But where is the lamb and the burnt offering? And Abraham answered, verse 8, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place, verse 9, God had told him about Abraham built an altar there. Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar, on top of the wood. Then he reached out, <laughs> then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Now, at this point, I'm quite sure his son's like, Dad, you just lied to me. You said. <laughs> now, now you got to notice this. This is so awesome. The boy done got bound and tied to the wood. Wait a minute. <laughs> and there was no resistance. Why not? Because it wasn't, this is the beautiful part, it wasn't that Abraham established a relationship with his son for his son to merely trust him. But he established a relationship with his son to trust the God that he served. His son knew that his dad trusted God. Because the way he responded, he said God will provide the lamb for the sacrifice. God will provide it. And if we're not teaching that to our children to our fellow men then we're only giving them ourselves right we're getting in the way of God 
How are they going to trust God if I'm not showing them that I trust God? I got to show them I trust God. And I got to show them that they need to trust God. You got to trust God, son. God will provide the sacrifice. So there was no resistance recorded anyway that Isaac did. Isaac wasn't like, wait, squirming, wait, wait, dad, what you doing? Why you, why, what you, wait, wait, why you tying me up? I thought you just said God was going to provide the sacrifice. Why you tying me up? Why you putting me on the wood? You about to kill me, dad? Dad, you about to kill me? Are you about to kill me, Dad? You didn't, you didn't see this recorded in the text. This is just me talking. But it could have very well have happened. But we don't have a record of it. And I'm not saying because we don't have a record of it, he didn't do it. But in the sense that he tied him up, and there was no record that he had any resistance that he tied him up, I'm going to say he just allowed his God, allowed his dad to tie him up. Pondering, though, because he didn't know what God was going to do, nor did Abraham know. He just knew what? I had to surrender my all. I had to surrender my all. I had to trust God with it all. I had to trust God. Because after I kill him and I burn him up, God's going to bring him back some kind of way. He's God, man. He can do whatever he wants. He's God. There's nothing, there's nothing that is beyond God. There's nothing. Nothing's too hard for God. He's God. God burn up something, he can he can bring it back. <laughs> he can bring it back. He's got. He can do whatever he wants to do. He's got. How are he gonna do it? He can do it. I, I trust him, and that has to be our mindset. Whatever God wanted me to do, I'm gonna do it because He's God. It doesn't matter the, 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 how it looks. It doesn't matter uh, 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 how it seems to be working contrary to the succession. <laughs> I gotta do it. I got to follow the commands. I got to follow his commands. I got to trust him and follow his commands. And follow his commands. Verse 11. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven. Abraham, Abraham. Here I am. He replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy. He said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over, took the ram, and sacrificed. He sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said on the mountain of the Lord. On the mountain, it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. God said through the angel that now I know that you fear God. But God already knew. But what was discovered, Abraham knew. And God was a provider. And God takes us through those lessons to discover that he's a provider, that he's faithful. We learn that of God, that God is faithful. And all we got to do is trust him. It's a difficult process, but it's needful in order for us to succeed. Hey, brother, that's all I have. Hey, brother. That's all I have, brother. You, brother, you done it for me. What more is it? Well, family, I hope the discussion has encouraged you. I hope it has enlightened you. I hope it has infused you with love and truth 
to live a life filled with God on purpose. And if it has, join us again for more godly discussions. Thank you.